Uh, not only did I try it out, but I converted. Uh, oh, here's a puppy. <laughs> hi, hi, puppy. Dr. David X, how are you? Great. I'm all Mondayed up. Me too. Uh, both of us are kind of. Monday was ruthless with both of us, I think. Yeah, yeah. I I had a call with somebody at ten fifteen this morning, and mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, this is the best meeting I had all day. And I'm like, Dave, it's Monday morning, <laughs> and and I'm like, no, this is the fifth call I've had this morning. And they're like, jeez. Oh, and seriously, it was so, but it was the best call of the day. Um, this is uh, this is now my my favorite call of the day. Uh, so. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know that you and I, like I, I tipped you off about Clockwise. Did you try it out? Uh, not only did I try it, but I became a uh, ruthless evangelist for it uh, in my mm -hmm. group. And so uh, I think it's probably about a dozen folks using it now. And man, it has totally changed my game. Um, yeah. So t Well, tell people, what is it? Okay, so Clockwise is a robot that is a Chrome extension. You install the Chrome extension, and you let the robot look at your calendar, and, the, and you give it some constraints, like I want to have lunch for at least this amount of time during the day and roughly between these hours. This is when I start work. This is when I end work. And this is how much focus time I want each week. Mm -hmm. The robot then goes off and renegotiates all of your meetings to uh, cluster them together uh, so that you have more free space so you can have focus time scheduled. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's very, from my point of view, it's very easy to use. Uh, and even every week gives you a helpful little feedback thing of saying like, whoop, this week I, uh, created four additional hours of focus time for you. Um, mm -hmm. and it also lets you, if you have friends who are connected to it, like if you're on their team in the language of the app, folks who are on your team, you can take a look at everybody on the team and see how much focus time they have that week which I found mm -hmm. very useful. So I know that if I'm handing out work, I can take a look at how much space, how much free time people have to go do that work. Um, and uh, man, I'm, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really changed my calendar game entirely. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, huge fan. Yeah. And not only does it, uh, well, I feel like I'm, I'm doing like a multi-level marketing thing of converting people to or <laughs> like working for the Scientology people or something, but exactly. it's like, amazing um but not only does it optimize your calendar it doesn't optimize your calendar at the expense of everybody else's calendar that's right that's right uh yeah I've, it's uh, it is it does exactly what you hope it's going to do which mm -hmm. is not something you can say often about software yes for sure yeah. for sure yep so yeah I, I i recommend that people should try it out if you're living the uh Google lifestyle of, of Chrome and the uh, um, Google Calendar. This is this is for you, for sure, for sure. Uh, I have also become a completely insufferable uh, Tupperware salesman for uh, the S Bar, which we talked about in the last episode. Right, right. So S Bar to recap, uh, S Bar is a way that ER and ER staff uh, hands off work from one person to another. Um, it's a it's a shorthand for situation, background, assessment, recommendation. And uh, so you can imagine if you're, if you're in the ER and you're moving a patient from one doctor to another, you want to kind of orient them very quickly. And uh, so this SBAR tool 
we, you and I read this HBR, this mm-hmm. Harvard Business Review article uh, about using SBAR for uh, email, for mm-hmm. which it is very useful. It occurred to me after we hung up that this would be great for executive briefings. So if I need to go to my boss and get permission to go do something, right? Um, the SBAR forces me to tell the entire story in a very succinct way, which is exactly what an executive needs before they make a decision. Mm-hmm. So rather than mm-hmm. send them a 30-slide deck expecting them to read five of those slides um, or generate 30 slides worth of questions from them, uh, you give them one SBAR slide, and they have exactly what it, all, the, all the content, all the orientation that they need in order to uh, endorse or not endorse a particular course of action. Hmm. Huge success. Uh, and as I said, I've been an evangelist for this, so uh, I actually briefed my boss's boss using this tool uh, uh, late last week to great effect. Um, and uh, uh, several people have come to me and said, oh, I just used the SBAR and it's been great. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Big success there. Um, what I found, Dave, also is I use it as the boss. I also use it to take notes on things that uh, uh, folks are telling me. So as I'm in a meeting, I, in my notes, I have written, I have written, the, I've written down the SBAR. And as they're mm-hmm. talking, I'm filling it in. Mm, which is okay. a great way to check and make sure that you've got kind of the full scope of the thing. And somebody comes to me with a recommendation. I say that, okay, well, uh, what, what brought you to this recommendation? Oh, then they tell me the assessment and then, okay, so well, why are we doing this? And then, Oh, that's the situation. And like, how did we get here? Oh, that's the background. Um, so doing it kind of a reverse S bar is a great way of ensuring that you're getting kind of a full view of the situation before you say yes or no to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, super powerful as a tool. It is, uh, I discovered after using it for about two weeks or a week or two, that um, it is most useful when you're done with your brainstorming or your kind of workshopping phase of something. Mm-hmm. And when you've when you've actually gotten to the point where you're getting a set of recommendations that you need either everybody to agree to or you need your boss to agree to, that's when you bring in the S-bar. Mm, yes. Got to yeah, use the right tool. Right, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right tool at the right time. So. Uh, yeah, big, big, big fan of the S bar now. Okay. So do you use clockwise to schedule the S bar meetings or, or do you do (laughs) clockwise to schedule meetings using the S bar method to tell people about clockwise? Uh, both. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Uh, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, it's a self-licking ice cream cone. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. All right. Yeah, so um, this week, this is the back to school special uh, for <laughs> it is the, the Dave and Gunner show. Special. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like we're going to be talking about Zoom bombing, uh, keyword mashing. We're going to add that to the uh, official lexicon. And um, we're going to talk about some flagrant hypocrisy. Can't wait. I didn't know this was going to be a politics show, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So if, if people need to. Uh, um, schedule some uh, S-bar via clockwise, uh, where, where should they go? Oh, uh, they should go to uh, dgshow.org. That's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. All right, so what's on the uh, what's on the cutting room floor there, Dave? Yeah, so this is an older one, uh, but I finally wanted to get it out there, is um, some 100-year-old uh, exercises for uh, official businessmen. So uh, <laughs> they're pretty great. Um, so... Especially very uh, important now as uh, we all uh, work from home and we need to up our exercise game. Uh, we got some gorilla glasses, which you found. 
Yeah. And uh, Johan found us um, some AI uh, self-driving car uh, do's and don'ts, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So it's an interview with a uh, uh, the Forza Motorsport 6 team, uh, the guy who built the AI for the drivers in the game. And uh, mm-hmm. my, I'll, I'll just give you, I'll just give you a little taste of the uh, of the interview. My my favorite line from it, which is, uh, uh, the games started to include a way to toggle off some of the AI's aggression as a way to combat single player games that became demolition derbies when the AI tried to wreck the humans at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen this. They made movies about this. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's like yeah. What do you do? You like set and force. Uh, uh, uprising zero or, or... <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah yeah turn off the violent uprising uh bit in the uh uh-huh. in, the, in the model yeah exactly yeah yeah and, and what is there did the ai model actually have a variable called aggression or I don't, they were not i don't think that they were yeah i don't think they were that specific although uh it seems like if yeah. uh you know uh if you are going to build an ai please 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 have an aggression variable. <laughs> I guess that's the... <laughs> right. Yeah, it's adjustable, not necessarily binary. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and so, what are these gorilla glasses? So these are glasses handed out by a zoo. Uh, that so gorillas, like humans, um, if you make direct eye contact with them, they interpret that as a confrontation. And so uh, this zoo uh, hands out these gorilla glasses uh, that um, they are they're like you know cardboard like X ray specs. Um, mm-hmm. that have images of eyes on them, but the eyes are looking kind of up and to the right uh, instead mm-hmm. of straight up. So you can be looking directly at the gorilla, but for the gorilla's point of view, your 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 googly eyes are, are looking up and to the right. Um, I think these glasses are hilarious. I mean, it's very funny to look at the images of them, but um, the reason why I wanted to include it in the cutting room floor is I feel like I should have these glasses, uh, but I want the eyes staring straight ahead uh, to give the impression right. that I am actually looking at somebody on a video conference. While you're rolling your eyes. Exactly. Right. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where, um, yeah, I, I saw another internet, you know, one of those uh, meme photos rolling around. And, and uh, yeah, there's something that, uh, like, if you're wearing a mask, they can't see you say F you um, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, okay. Back to school. Um, so my neighbor is a teacher Mm -hmm. and, um, I was talking to her uh, a week or so ago and you know, it's all back to school there for her. So it's grade school. And Mm -hmm. she was like telling me that it's like, Oh, well she, she goes to the school and she teaches to an empty classroom and, you know, comes home. And I'm like, well, why are you doing that? And, you know, cause like all the, all the students are remote. And she said that she, uh, they have to do it because one of the teachers got busted uh, driving for Grubhub when um, <laughs> they should have been teaching. Yeah, and ruined it for everyone else. Right, right, yeah. And and just imagine the awkwardness there of like, hey, this is my Wendy's and shouldn't you be teaching? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that happened, and, and this is why we can't have nice things. And <laughs> she said that, um, that like, you know, I, she's telling me it's like the whole Zoom bombing thing is mm-hmm. actually it's a real thing. Um, that, you know, and, and uh, 
that she, and I don't know she's she's not the the um, you know computer professional and everything, but you know it's like they password protect everything, um, but still somehow people get in and and they just you know disrupt the classes and stuff. And uh, so you know I was talking to her about that, and then the other thing is that um, for her as a teacher she has to do roll call like take attendance right, mm -hmm. but the students are listed on the screen in alphabetical order by first name, but her attendance sheet is last name, comma, first name. Right. So that's a problem, right? And then, yeah. um, and I told her that, um, uh, like, you know, there's an add-on for, for Google Meet that, you know, you could, you could swap the names around and stuff like that. And she's like, oh yeah, we used to use Google Meet and, um, you know, it's part of the Google Classroom thing, and um, uh, and I and and I also said too, it's like with, with Google, you know, it's like you could set it up that only authenticated people can join, and then you have to hand approve, you know, other people. Mm -hmm. And um, she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I use that too, and we didn't have any like Zoom prob Zoom bombing like problems at all with Google. And I'm like, oh, why is why is you know why did you go away from Google's, especially because you have the uh, you know, you're still using G Suite now. Mm -hmm. And they said that for the tier that they were buying into, um, mm -hmm. I guess the prices went up and Zoom ended up being cheaper. So the school decided to go with that. Not sure. I'm not a pricing expert on the Google Suite, but I that doesn't sound right, does it? Don't know. Yeah, Don't know. Right. But right. even if even if it was more expensive. I, I don't know. I don't want to second guess people, but uh, I would think that there's also a cost to the educational experience, the time of the teacher, right. all the headaches, the yep. disruptions yep. Um, that, you know, paying a little bit more may be worth it. I don't know. No, I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree. It's, it's, it is amazing to see uh, the entire U S educational system hurled into virtual learning. I mean, it's not like we didn't see this coming, you know, mm -hmm. for, 20 years they've been talking about this being a way that we could be doing education and to see the whole country get a crash course in how to make it work is a uh, kind of you definitely see the uh, the seams in the system some oh yeah some play in yeah the and she <laughs> well and that's where she also says that um you know a lot of times the kids don't turn their cameras on and she can't turn them on so you know that's mm -hmm. hard the other part is um like kids would just show up in their pajamas to class. Right. Like they would just yep. like roll out of bed and right in, you know, instead of having a parent, um, you know, get them ready for the day and, and, you know, teach a professionalism. But, you know, imagine the toll on the kids too that, you yeah. know, so it's hard, Yeah. but yeah. And, and so it's like, I, she was telling me all this stuff. And then I saw this article about how teachers would redesign zoom and what options they would have. And and so, you know, what they're saying is that, you know, Zoom is more of a Band-Aid. It's more of a, um, a, um, a corporate meeting app that has been MacGyvered into an education platform, according to the article, um, <laughs> which sounds about right. And, yep. and so they said that more than 100,000 U.S. school districts, uh, roughly half the country's higher education institutions are using video conferencing because it's easy, at least in theory. Uh, just click a link and start teaching. In practice, the the experience is a lot more complicated. And so 
one of the things that, uh, you know, there's like a feature that I guess Zoom has, but other ones, um, you know, they're starting to have like Google and others, um, that is breakout rooms. And one of the teachers said that, well, you know, like, let's say you have everybody pair up in the class. So you got 30 kids, you pair up into 15 pairs, right? The teacher can't like break in and like give, make an announcement to all the students at one time, like the, you know, omniscient narrator, oh, yeah. um, you know, say, Hey, here's your prompt. Here's what you got to do. Um, time to come back into the main room now and all that. Um, but they don't have that, but you know, this article, it goes on. And it talks about the things that the suggestions that teachers have, which are pretty cool. Um, and there was um, there was one that uh, um, you know the one of the teachers even said that you know that, that you ought to just you know Zoom ought to have a separate program that is exclusively designed for educators, and just like how Google does with Google Classroom. And according to uh, Zoom's global education lead, um, she said that sh they have no plans. Uh, to release such a product, and they're instead focusing on training. Yeah, yep, yep. I've been so looking at. Yeah, you haven't yeah. learned well enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm definitely seeing this through the eyes of like a uh, a cynical product manager. And if I'm a product manager, it's. I mean, this is like a classic mistake in product management. It's like, no, I built the perfect thing. It's just the users don't know how to use it, right? It's, yeah, it's their fault. Maybe you need to watch a training again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, when, when in fact the problem is the fact that it requires training at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, you know, and you can come by that opinion, honestly. And, and in fact, all of us fall into that trap, but, uh, it's, uh, uh, especially when so many people are being affected, um, by this platform. I mean, I hadn't even heard of zoom in January of 2020. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and it just suddenly, uh, for whatever reason, we all decided that that was going to be the video conferencing platform for the pandemic, and um, <laughs> the official <laughs> the sponsor. Official, yeah, of, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was clear. I mean, kudos to the team for having something that mostly works at all, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's that's no mean feat, um, and I don't blame them for not wanting to specialize in this way, because um, uh, that would be a lot of work and and pretty risky. Uh, because once you start making the product, you know, specialized like that, you're going to start making decisions, even more specialized decisions, which people are going to hate, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, just saying that we no, we have one offering, basic offering. You, you know, you get what you get, and you don't be upset. Um, yep. I'm sympathetic to that to that view, but uh, man, I feel for teachers. It's hard enough to do it, regardless of the platform. Video conferencing is hard to do. Um, you and mm -hmm. I, I think, have been lucky in the sense that we've been. Um, that we've been, I was going to say trained on it, but I would say inured to it after what? Yeah. 10, 10 years. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, not everybody has been lucky enough to have as much experience with video conferencing as we have. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and speaking of like the MacGyvering and, and uh, creative teachers, um, I, I'll have to put it in the show notes, but there's a, um, you know, one of the things is like you have a teacher that's teaching a math class and let's say I'm used to the teacher having the overhead projector with the felt tip pens and, and, you know, he or she would be writing on the, on the projector and it's, it's going up on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's like, okay, how do you do that in a cost effective way, um, with video conferencing and also, uh, you know, going back the other way of like, 
how can, like, if you're doing math problems and you want to go back and forth with a kid, how do you have the kid, like, hold up his work to the screen yeah. uh, to see if the math problem's being done right and all that? So yeah. this one teacher figured out that if you tape a pencil to the back of your laptop screen mm -hmm. and then put a CD on top of that pencil through the hole, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. so the pencil goes through the hole and then you tilt it in just the right way, um, you can put, you know, a piece of uh, a, a notebook, uh, a paper notebook on top of the keyboard and that becomes your, like a mirror that would project onto the screen and it's like instant be able to share out math problems. Oh yeah, like an overhead projector. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. And then somebody else figured out it's like they're, they are actually, I guess, I don't know, 3D printing them like a, like a real setup and then they're going to mail them out to all the students. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So I'll, I'll add that in. But, um, but did did you ever hear of the term keyword mashing? Mm, no. Is that like ballot stuffing? Mm, no, no, no. Okay. Um, so the big thing that's going on now is, I guess, AI grading tests, especially like the online tests, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so there's a uh, company uh, called uh, Edgenuity. Yuck. Um, but yeah, so Edgenuity, they have, I guess, some sort of like test taking platform and all that where you can, you know, you, you type in answers and then it will use AI to grade uh, the response for like short form answers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so what students have learned is that you don't even need to put in like a real thoughtful answer. All you have to do is like guess and provide a list of like disjointed keywords that seem relevant to the question. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So like like for instance, a question like, uh, "What was the advantage of Constantinople's location for the power of the Byzantine Empire?" And so if you go and you plug in like wealth caravan ship India China Middle East, and bam, you'll get like a great answer. Um, and <laughs> So and, and so students are figuring this out and like even for like the Hail Mary, if students are t and it's not I don't know if it's cheating or not, but for the Hail Mary, if somebody doesn't know the answer at all, um, they will just copy the question and then paste the question as the answer and they get partial <laughs> credit. No, that's great. So I got two thoughts on this. The first is it seems like uh, we're raising an entire generation of uh, SEO optimization consultants. Uh, yes. So I guess so. I guess that's helpful. Um, but the other thing I'm thinking about is like this is not meaningfully different than what happens at work. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I will I will I will ask a question and get a question back. That's happened before. <laughs> I'll I'll ask somebody a question and then just get a bunch of like seemingly relevant keywords and response. <laughs> like that's happened to me. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. The kids will be all yeah. right. I think the kids, the yeah. kids will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But good for them, uh, for being, uh, good hackers, I guess. To, yeah. You know, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a, a quote from the article. Apparently, that word salad is enough to get a perfect grade on any short answer question in an ingenuity test. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And the last thing I had was um, there was an op-ed in, I believe it was Wired magazine, about, uh, yeah, about the college reopenings. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so tell me here if, if there's consensus between the schools. So at the time that this article was published, um, according to the Chronicle of Higher Education, 27% of the schools have committed to primary, primarily online teaching, mm-hmm. 19% primarily in person, 16% hybrid, 6% exclusively online, and 24% undecided. Do you think there is a consensus in terms of like the academic community has decided this is the right way to go or yeah, does no, it seem I, like yeah no clue? obviously no it's just grasping at straws they have no idea right there's no yeah. consensus yeah. So yeah we're letting a thousand flowers bloom in higher education <laughs> yeah exactly um and and so you know and this it was a pretty scathing um op-ed where you know they were the the author was like really accusing the school administrations to be focusing mostly on finances and being more money driven. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that where it's like, look, you got to keep the lights on. You, you're still are going to have bills to pay and, and you still have these short term, you know, uh, obligations that you have. And mm-hmm. um, some schools are going to do better than others given what, you know, rainy day endowments or any of that stuff they have. Um, but you know, the, the, but you know, I, I it it comes at a cost, right? Of like thinking about your customers and what should you know? Should are you doing what's right for the customer or are you doing what's right for the business? And right. you know, can you do right for the business or can you do right for the customers if you don't have a business? Is I guess another way to look at it, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what what you see in those numbers is like every school. First of all, nobody has any idea how this is supposed to work, um, mm-hmm. and. I mean, we, we knew this was going to happen. The same thing's happening in retail where uh, the wealthy schools with large endowments are going to have more resilience than the ones who don't. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so Stanford can test every kid twice a day or whatever the number mm-hmm. is. Um, whereas, you know, Austin Community College is probably not going to have a meaningful testing regime at all. And based on the resources they have available, et cetera, et cetera, like they're going to make different choices about how this about how this gets done. I think the... The finances thing is interesting too because it means that um, the ones with resources are going to be more resilient, are more likely to last through the pandemic, right? Um, uh, because I, I have to imagine the pandemic has not done wonders for enrollment, um, mm-hmm. and so you got to keep the kids in the door for as long as possible, just so you can kind of weather the storm, continue to collect tuition, um, you know, on your way to you know uh, vaccination world, um, but uh, it's a bunch of bad choices that you got to make and, and in with imperfect information too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's not just a matter of like, yes, there's, even if we could agree on like, okay, there's one way to do this, which is safe and effective. Um, not all institutions are going to have the same resources to implement a plan like that. Right. So mm-hmm. everybody's going to kind of make local decisions based on what's happening locally. Um, which probably, I mean, I, I do wonder about what effects this will have on like, is a college degree, let's assume this lasts for another year. Um, that means that, you know, for a year and a half, somebody is of a, someone's four year degree 
um, they've had a compromised curriculum. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, yeah, or pass fail in some cases, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, what does it even mean to have, uh, like, how do we catch that? Or do we, do we just price that into the system and say, listen, if you're, if, if you're, if the year of your bachelor of, of your bachelor's degree was 2021, we're just going to assume that, you know, whatever, 33% less than everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. And you know, the, the, there were some other pithy quotes in here that, um, um, you know, they're, they're, they're basically, they're, I, I've seen this too in the news of they're, they're blaming the students as well. In some cases, um, you know, messaging, uh, the messaging implies that the outbreak results not from poor decision-making by the adults, but irresponsible children doing irresponsible things mm-hmm. like, you know, the frat parties and stupid stuff, which is happening, you know, up, up the street from me at Kent state where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, all of a sudden, the uh, Portage County here is a hot spot because of back to school and uh, you know kids partying. Right. And it's like really, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But another interesting thing that came out of the article that they mentioned, and and I don't want to go down the politics route, but um, they said that you know the class that had to endure the 2016 election in their first semester is uh, COVID-19 in their final semester. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dang, that's pretty hard. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and so the, to conclude the, the, the author said, uh, six months later, my colleagues and I have done far worse than nothing. We've facilitated the spread of nihilism to future generations of college students who have not only been robbed of their essential lessons of a college experience, but have learned far too early that they shouldn't trust grownups as we are often to be the ones who have the most to learn. Yes. Well put. Yeah. 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 That's right. It also, but, I, uh, yeah. sorry, you just made me realize that, yeah, the 2016 class, uh, they got the election on the front end, they got COVID mm-hmm. on the back end, and they were born on or about September 11th. So it's actually a miracle that these kids are leaving <laughs> the house at all. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, and also, you know, they didn't, like, those kids that were born uh, around September 11th, they didn't know what it was like pre-September 11th. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Yeah, and, I, you know, I've seen, too, that I've seen other articles where there are a lot of students that it's like, yeah, they got accepted into Harvard or into Yale, and they're, like, actually saying, I'm taking a gap year. Uh, no thanks. And mm-hmm. um and they're deferring their enrollment. And some schools, I, I think it's Yale, they're saying you're either in or out, or maybe it's Harvard. But it's like you're either in or out. Um, if you choose to defer, you have to re- reapply all over again next year. That's uh, brutal. Be- and, but, and it's, you know, part of it is, you know, the, there's the health uh, and safety concerns. But the other part is, you know, the, the in-class experience of the cohort. And, you know, you're paying full freight for the college experience, but you're only getting a bunch of zoom calls, you yeah. know? And, um, so is, is that really worth it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, <laughs> uh, I think the Khan Academy folks are running an ad right now on podcasts that, uh, uh, that has some quote from the, from the founder saying something like, uh, 
like this is our moment. <laughs> like, we've, yeah. we've been training for this our whole lives. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this this really is making people, I think this is making people examine what what is the purpose of going to a college in the first place? And what are, what am I trying to get out of it with, with this like very costly tuition? Um, and you're right. Like a significant chunk of it is the social aspect of it, being able to create a network that you'll be able to take advantage of for the rest of your life. And, uh, you, that is definitely hard to deliver over zoom for sure. Yep. 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 Great. Yep. All right. Well, I'm glad we sorted that out. Yeah, well, this is all good stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I just feel like I, I need to sit quietly and put on some uh, Gorilla glasses. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, Dave. So, if if uh, if folks want links uh, to the to these uh, Gorilla glasses um, or any of mm-hmm. the other things that we've spoken about on the show today, what website should they go visit? Oh, they, they should go to uh, dgshow.org. So D's and Dave, G's and Gunner, show.org. Nice. All right, Dave. Uh, stay healthy. I'll talk to you next yes. week. Bye. Bye.